Welcome to Have You Seen This, the world's only podcast about obscure, overlooked, and misbegotten visual media. All discussions will be spoiler heavy. You have been warned. Truthcast. I'm Jen. And I am just a guy asking questions, man. That's right. And we hope that we're encouraging you to look a little deeper into the official narrative. To be a free thinker, you know, to ask questions and demand answers, even if your questions are kind of founded on flawed assumptions and the answers really aren't clear and don't really make a lot of sense and you kind of have an agenda to start with and you kind of cherry pick your facts um to to suit the conclusion you already came to yeah yeah ask those questions yeah you know be the kind of guy who asks questions but when they encounter evidence which doesn't fit with the narrative that they want to stick to they kind of push that aside right yeah (laughs) yeah pick and choose the reality that you want to live in uh we are of course uh reviewing for this episode 2005 6 7 9 2016 2015's uh internet documentary loose change yeah which we um we thought was zeitgeist at first but um i guess zeitgeist isn't just about 9-11 it's also about i think it's got some stuff about the federal reserve and um, zeitgeist is like uh pure colombian horseshit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I yeah. So yeah, I watched some of it and they're like, oh, there are a lot of interesting ideas in there. All of them false. And it's like, well, okay, never mind then. <laughs> well, interestingly, uh, the movie that we're talking about today started out as a, a treatment for a fiction film about um, a massive government conspiracy to cover up the true cause of nine eleven. But as the filmmaker Dylan Avery kept researching um researching and big scare quotes right he became more and more convinced that things just didn't add up as someone who only had like a small uh kind of keyhole view of the picture of course things didn't make sense because he really didn't have all the information and also i mean really the big takeaway from this is that it it um it really the whole the thing only hangs together if you confine yourself to this like very narrow set of cherry picked knowledge. Right. Uh, it it does. Uh, I'm I'm gonna you know put one in the swear jar. It does uh, kind of fit with that MST quip about you know how the how to get from the boat to the house they didn't show it. And it's like, well, you know, they didn't, you know, from A to B to C, it's sort of the like transitional fossils argument. It's like, why are there no transitional fossils? It's like, well, they, they all are like, you're, you're making an argument based on, on nothing. It's, it is, you know, another way it could be like, you know, the, the God of the gaps, which is, you know, if science can't explain everything, then what it can't explain must therefore be, you know, supernatural. It is. Also, what do you think Archaeopteryx is? There's that. Uh, really, like the the important thing to to approach this movie or this series of revised movies, which also you know does sort of raise the question then, like whose story is the one that keeps changing? 
if they if yeah. they revise this movie over a decade and a half, um, it it stands to reason. Although you know, reason has nothing to do with this movie. It stands to reason um, that maybe as they gather more knowledge, they sort of uncover more of the actual story, and maybe sometime in you know the distant future, you know the the narrative of loose change and the. Uh, 9-11 commission report will asymptotically sort of converge to the point where you know maybe in like 2050 they'll be like did you know that the attacks on 9-11 were not from Iraq or Afghanistan but were led (laughs) by yeah (laughs) Osama bin Laden with Saudi Arabian hijackers and people are going to be like yeah I did not um, know that let's get something clear right off the bat if George W. Bush went on TV like tomorrow mm-hmm. and was like, I did it. I did 9-11. Here's how. I can't say that I would be shocked or surprised. I'd be like, oh, no, you know, I could I could I could pretty much see that. Yeah. Um, if we if we sound skeptical about 9-11 truth stuff, it's not because we're like, well, the U.S. government would never do that. Right. Like, I really want people to understand where we're coming from here. <laughs> like, it's not just, it's not just like a, it's not any kind of like knee-jerk faith in our institutions. It's not because we think it was right to go to Iraq and Afghanistan because we're not oh fucking my God, stupid. Yeah. yeah, even at the time. Um, yeah. Right. And that's, that's another narrative which has emerged, which is like, it's become, it's become very trendy for people to be like, well, you know, everyone was for retaliation in the Iraq war at the time. And it's like, no, they weren't. Yeah, like, like, like yeah, bellicose <laughs> warhawks were, but I mean, normal people weren't. Like, even at the time, I remember reading the news and being like, "This is not good. Like, this is this is a war based on a lie." Like the whole, um, mm-hmm. yeah. There's and and it's kind of skipping ahead to to a side point, but I mean, the the fundamental, um, I don't flaw. I couldn't say that there's even one fundamental flaw because the flaws to lose change are myriad, and it is like. It it is you know an argument from from ignorance. It has uh, you know special pleadings of um, you know of missing information. Like because there isn't an explanation for something, they use that as justification. To say well, the explanation could be anything, including this horseshit that I just made up that I just pulled out of thin air. Um, and really, the um, the 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 crux of it is. Um, is the question that really isn't answered by the documentary, nor are any questions really answered by it. And that is why. Why did 9-11 need to happen? Like, why this convoluted mess of events? And even at the time, um, people you know, would, uh, would argue against that, that reasoning being like, well, to this conspiracy-minded person, you know, big events need to have, you know, big, uh, big antecedents. Like, it can't just be that we live in a nightmare world where, you know, you could die for no reason at any time. It has to be that it's all part of a plan. A nefarious one, yes, but, you know, the notion that there is someone behind the wheel. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but then I guess the even scarier idea is that no one is. And that's something that, like, right. never really, uh, never really is um, addressed. Yeah, do, um, and, you know, before we get into it at all do you have an official position on 9-11 tim (laughs) um well uh well let me start back in the uh hanging chads in the uh uh 
Florida uh, uh, districts in the 2000 election. Mm-hmm. That that is where the timeline split. Sorry, sorry, dear listener, we are in the darkest timeline. Um, but that is, you know, <laughs> Bush, you know, has his was his, like his brother is the governor. And um, I remember, yeah, yeah, and I remember. Um, so you know, nepotism. Let's let's just call it what it is. And I remember at the time, even um, you know, one one joke from the Dennis Miller show before he lost his mind. You know, before he, you know, he yeah, like, Jesus gra- Christ, yeah, like he and you know Glenn Greenwald. Unfortunately, have kind of gone the same direction. They used to be, you know, like these you know liberal hippies, but now they're these you know right wing ghouls. I I remember. You know, Dennis Miller's you know summary of the 2000 election that out of you know the entire country, he shows a picture of the Supreme Court. Only seven people voted, <laughs> and that really is yeah. the crux of it. They stopped the recount that you know Gore would have won. Something would have been done about climate change. We wouldn't have been in the Middle East for 20 years. Um, and the other th- and the other thing that's important to take away from the 2000 election was the way that the Democrats, in their inimitable way, just kind of rolled over and took it. Yeah, they kind of that's that's a lesson they haven't learned like since and that they're no. like, well, we'll play by the rules. I know you're cheating. You tied one of our arms behind the back, but, you know, we'll take the high road and we'll let you destroy everything up until that point. Well, I think that when both of your parties just like nakedly serve capital, there's probably the idea in their mind that it's like, you know what, like things are just going to end up OK for me either way. So, like, <laughs> I don't care that much. Yeah, let's not upset the apple cart. You know, let's not you upset know, the Nancy social. Nancy Pelosi is still going to be a multimillionaire, like no matter what fucking happens. Right. Yeah. You don't upset the social order that put them at the top. Right. Um, but yeah, so uh, so more than and. <laughs> And it's funny, like, you know, jo- jokes on me. We thought, you know, Bush could have been was the stupidest president we've ever had. And then along came Trump. But like at the time, like you can even just like you can just see it in his in his smirking chimp face that like, you know, Bush had no interest in being president. Like he had, he he just he was this dumb, like bench warmer president. And then all of his aides had just kind of like, you know, led him around like the stooge that he was. Yeah, like, if you were to compare him to his dad, who I think is, like, maybe one of the most evil motherfuckers to draw breath, and who I think <laughs> The just... guy who led the CIA? Why would you say that? I mean, right? only um... evil people are associated with the CIA. <laughs> Sorry, Jen. <laughs> Believe me, I know. Um, you know, the, the elder Bush, you know, like I said, head of the CIA, says he doesn't remember what he was doing when Kennedy was assassinated. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I think was a man who had very clear ideas for where, you know, he believed he was destined to end up. You know, he he achieved his goal of getting the White House, but, um, you know, ended up being a one term president. And I think was kind of plagued by this uh, popular perception that he was actually a huge pussy. Yeah, wimp president. Which is so funny because apparently it just pissed him off so much. But yeah, so he only (laughs) only had the one term um, I don't think that yeah. he was able to achieve as much as he might have wanted to achieve, but hey, like... I mean, he did know. raise taxes. <laughs> so, you know, he got, and he threw up on the Japanese, you know... <laughs> that was... That was... That's all oh, I remember. God, that, That's his legacy. That led to a great... That led to a truly great Mad Magazine cover, which pissed a lot of people off, <laughs> where it was literally him with, like, vomit streaming out of his mouth and, like, all over his front and, like, holding an Alfred E. Newman barf bag that was full and dripping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you I know, the editors, magazine. you know, the art, art directors are just like, more puke. 
Just a little. A yeah. Little can more. you make the Can you make the puke a little more chunky and colorful? Yeah. Like we aren't gonna um, have a chance to do this anytime again. So just like have at it. Swing for the fences. Yeah. But, yeah, but hey, the elder bush didn't have to be stuck with that legacy. You know, here's his uh, like Fail son. son of yeah his his uh, drunkard son of I thought he's a cokehead. Maybe well, that too. Right. I um, mean, he did have a drinking problem as well. Of um, a lot of people say that bush uh the younger bush is dumb i think he's just like a guy of like perfectly average intelligence who was shepherded the kind into... of guy you could have a beer with oh christ yeah like I, i'm sorry i don't like talking to dull people i yeah. just don't you know the, the ivy league educated folksy texan from massachusetts <sighs> Yeah, and, you know, that's the other thing about Bush where it was like, oh, like, you know, he's just this down-to-earth blue-collar guy. It was like, no, he went to a fucking Ivy League school. Like, he's been around elites, like, all his... His family is, like, an elite fucking family. Yeah, yeah, you aren't Toby Keith with your dad who heads the CIA. Yeah, it's, uh, it, like, but it's... Sorry. Um, when, no, yeah. Every time it's... I start reliving the 2000s, I become really incoherent because it like i said like i was reviewing some stuff for this episode um you know just kind of refamiliarizing myself with kind of the main streamline on the 9-11 attacks and what led up to them so to that end i was watching um the documentary turning point uh which is on netflix which is about what led up to 9-11 produced by uh lowell bergman who i think has worked on frontline so, you know, that's about as mainstream as you can get, right? Right. I was just getting so fucking angry throughout yeah. the whole thing. Just reliving this stuff. Yeah, even, like, up to recording this, we're just like, we are kind of asking a lot of ourselves just to review this garbage, like, this this schlockumentary from YouTube. Well, you know what, Tim? I knew that we had to commemorate the 20th anniversary of 9-11 with the normal amount of reverence and gravity that we have displayed up to now on this podcast. Oh yeah, for real. Yeah, we. I mean, if anyone has the authority to comment on nine eleven, it would be uh, two chuckleheads with a podcast. Hey everyone, if you enjoyed the excerpt that you just heard, you can go on over to Patreon.com/slash. Have you seen this? And for a pledge of as low as two dollars a month, you get access to not only this entire episode, but all of our other bonus episodes. There are dozens to choose from. So, if you like weird media, go on over to patreon.com slash have you seen this, throw us a couple of bucks, and enjoy. Thanks for listening.